The Wicked Smart Sports Guys is brought to you by SelmaxBatteries.com, the go-to website for all your battery needs. Selmax Batteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-alkaline lithium and button cell batteries. Selmax Batteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, Selmax Batteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke alarms, whatever device you need a battery for, Selmax has the best batteries at the best price for your device. You can order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99, or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline, ideal for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use one code BOSTON, that's all uppercase BOSTON at checkout, and save 20% off your entire order. Let's come on, code Boston at checkout and say big today. Sellmaxbatteries.com, C E L L M A X Batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks as always to Dolly Dreams for the intro music. So this week we're going to talk about the voting for the top 20 current Boston athletes. Uh, as some of you may know, if you listened to last week's episode, I talked about the fact that I put out a list for the top 10 athletes in Boston, discussed that with Jake a little bit. Now, uh, I, after I did that, obviously some people disagreed. That was you know, inevitable. People are going to argue about these, these lists, obviously. Uh, and so I wanted to put out a series of polls to kind of let the fans decide how they thought the rankings should, should go. So uh, I, I started with 20 players and I had to kind of pick those guys um just more arbitrarily I, I you know I had to decide who some of those guys are some of the guys that I left off that were tough to leave off um I would say maybe someone like Tory Krug in, in the late 20s um someone like Marcus Smart was kind of tough to leave off so there were a few guys that you know that Michael Chavez I could briefly considered so you know a couple of guys there that that um, just stand out as, as guys that, you know I, I had to narrow it down so I ended up those guys didn't get make on the list I think it was ended up being 22 polls, and I just started with the four guys I would put at the bottom, and I had to vote at the worst player, and then everybody voted at their worst player. Then I put another poll, and I added a, you know the next player, and people voted at the worst player of that group, and it went you know on and so on until it was down finally to two. And so I just want to compare and contrast the two lists that, that ended up being made, my list and the fans list. So, uh, and I have a couple problems with the fans list, obviously, as they probably had some problems with my list, but. Um, the first thing, let's just go through uh, 20 to 1 and then kind of talk about each guy. Um, so at 20, they had Chris Sale, which was interesting. I didn't expect Chris Sale to be that low necessarily. I mean, I, you know, Chris Sale obviously had a chance to win a Cy Young a few years ago. Obviously, he's, he's injured now, and I think maybe that's, um, you know, affecting people's judgment. I don't know how much injury should play a factor in this list, but I think they clearly are. I think people are treating Chris Sale like a worse player because he's, he's dealing with these injury issues. I mean, whether you think that's fair or not is up to you. I, I guess that's fair, but I, I you know, if, if this was just on skill level and the injury was aside, I think Chris Sale would be a lot higher. 19, James White, who this list was put out before the replay of Super Bowl 51 on Sunday on Fox Sports, which was great. Uh, it was a great game to be watching and, you know, just see everything without having a level of anxiety because they were down by 25, they're coming back, all that. So it's, it, it was good to relive that experience. I think Tom Brady was watching it too. So a lot of people tuned in for that one, actually. And uh, I wanted to bring that because James White was amazing in that game. Two Super Bowl records, most touchdowns, tied for the most touchdowns, total touchdowns in a game by a, a player, um, you know, obviously not passing, but 
you know, receiving a rushing and all that. And also, he had set the Super Bowl record for receptions in that game. So, James White was spectacular in that game. I wonder if this poll was put out after that replay, since so many people did tune in and watch that, if he would have ended up being a little bit higher. I think some people did already wanted him to be a little bit higher, but he comes in at 19, Gordon Hayward at 18. I, I had him a little bit higher. I think I had him in the 14 range in my honorable mentions, so I personally think Gordon Hayward's a lot better than people realize. I think he has to take a back seat because he's usually the fourth option on this Celtics team. I think we've seen when players are out, when uh, other guys are injured, he's the second option, you know, second scoring option. He plays fantastic. Like, he's had multiple 30 more games. I think he had his career high in scoring this year even in one of those games. So he he is really good, and he does a lot of things I think people don't appreciate. He has his off games, I'm not going to lie. I mean, he has his bad shooting nights, and uh, people get on him for that, and that's fair. But I think he's a lot better than people realize. 18, though, overall it's a fine spot. I'm not arguing he's a top 10 player because he's not uh, in Boston. Uh, 17, Zidane Chara. Chara was on this list more. I mean, he's just a popular figure in Boston sports still. I don't know how good he is anymore, but he's, you know, he, everybody still loves Daniel Chara. So, you know, who knows how much longer he's going to play. But, um, you know, this was a, largely a popularity contest. So uh, Chara maybe a little higher than he should be, you know, uh, but, you know, I, you know, he is just, he's one of those guys that is going to get a lot of respect for everything he's done in Boston, how long he's been with the team. And fans love him. So uh, 17's not a, not really a bad spot for him. 16, Joe Tooney, a little low. I think people forget Joe Thune was an all-pro this year. They don't realize that. A lot of people don't respect offensive linemen. So, you know, overall him being 16, I think, again, it's 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 low for him. Uh, he should be significantly higher. He was one of, I think, only three Patriots named to the all-pro team. And there are more than three Patriots ahead of him. So, uh, you know, I, I personally would have put him a bit higher than that. But, like I said, fans just they, they don't appreciate that offensive line uh, help as, as much as maybe they should. 15, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, McAvoy obviously hasn't had the year. A lot of people expect it. A lot of people expect him to have a breakout year. He hasn't exactly had that, but he's still a very good young player. 15, again, good spot for McAvoy. I don't really have a problem with that. Dante Hightower at 14, no problem there. I mean, he. I think he was among the Patriots named to the All-Pro team, or maybe not the All-Pro team, but he was named a Pro Bowler, I think, this year. So Dante Hightower has had a very good career. I don't know that he's necessarily going to make the Hall of Fame. I know Pro Football's Hall of Fame monitor index that they do uh, doesn't have him even close to making the Hall of Fame, um, but he's had a better career than I think they realize because he he, he, ha- he has made a few Pro Bowls uh, and he's, you know, consistently made huge plays for the Patriots in big games. I just, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to have the individual accolades to get in, but certainly a Patriots Hall of Famer. One day, 13, Deb McCourty, who obviously just re-signed to that big contract. Maybe a little high for Deb McCourty, but it's fine. The, the, my real problem with this list comes up next, where I had R- Raphael Devers comes in at number 12. And I think fans don't realize how good Raphael Devers is. I don't know how he finished 12. He actually ended up being in a tiebreak with McCourty uh, in, the first, in his first uh, appearance on, on the rankings because... Like I said, I add I add a different player each time, so I have some limited control over this list. I put the player in about four spots before I think he should go, uh, roughly speaking. So most of these guys can't go lower than that than where I had them ranked. But he was actually in a tiebreak with McCourty. He could have been even one spot lower, so he ends up coming in at 13. Devers, I mean, do people not realize this guy should have been an All Star last year? I mean, he he's only 22. He ranked 10th in the MLB in batting average last year and had 32 home runs. He hit 32 home runs 
and hit 311 from the plate. I don't know how you don't consider a guy like that greater than that. I mean, I, I think Rafael Devers is absolutely one of the stars of Boston sports. I don't know why fans kind of, to me, disrespected him the way they did. I don't. I think he should absolutely be somewhere in the top 10. I don't know how you can leave him out. Uh, I would have had him in there, but uh, fans disagreed, so... I just I think people need to to put a little bit more respect on Raphael Devers than than there is. Uh, Eleven was JD Martinez. I also think is low. JD was is still the Red Sox best hitter. Sure, he's a DH. I don't I don't think that matters personally. Uh, I, I mean, you could argue he was right there with Mookie Betts. I mean, he finished third in MVP voting in 2018. So he was right. I mean, if he you could argue if he played in the field and uh, obviously you know he he was an outfielder in his other spots in his career. And it ends up that he, you know, has to play DH in Boston, even though he wanted to play in the outfield. And you, you know, maybe he shouldn't play in the outfield. You know, that's that's fair. But if he did, you could argue he might have won MVP that year. I mean, like I said, he was third in voting without having played in the field. So uh, I think JD Martinez is a lot better than people realize. I think the Red Sox by far got disrespected more than anybody on this list. So those are probably my two biggest gripes: is Devers at twelve and JD at eleven. Those are the guys I think are too low. Two other guys I think maybe a little too high. Um, number 10, Tuka Rask. A little low. I mean, he's going to win the Vesna. So, I, I, I mean, overall he's in the top 10, so I can't complain that much. People still hold his playoff history against him, which is, I guess, not unfair. I mean, people are going to hold that against you if, you if you don't come through in the big moments. But if we're just talking about right now, this year, how good is each player? You know, where do they rank currently? Rask is... To me, top seven at least. I mean, you know, when you're talking about maybe the best goalie in hockey, you have to put him up there. Nine, Jalen Brown. Pleasantly surprised he was a little bit higher. Obviously, the Celtics are the team that I follow the most. NBA is my number one sport in terms of what I follow. So I was happy to see fans supported Jalen. I wouldn't necessarily have had him in the top ten, but I think he's having a tremendous year. He's obviously having over, uh, averaging over 20 points per game. I think his breakout season has been overshadowed by the fact that Jason Tatum is also having a breakout season. But Jalen Brown has been spectacular this year. He shouldn't be overlooked the way he is. It's just people just are giving so much love to Jason Tatum that they forget uh, to talk about Jalen Brown and, and what he's done this season because it has been uh, not maybe not just as remarkable, but almost as remarkable. Like He's making a case for most improved player himself. Uh, and I think him and, him and Jason Tatum both have a case for it. I don't know that either will win it, but... Um, you know, the, the, the way both have improved this season has been spectacular, and Jalen Brown doesn't get enough credit for that. Number eight, Kemba Walker. I don't really have a problem with this. Like I said, this is a popularity contest, and I think there is an element to Walker might be higher if he had been here a few more years. Like, he's still building a reputation in Boston and endearing himself to fans. So I think Kemba Walker is a really good player. Obviously, he started in the All-Star game this year. So he's, uh, you know, before Jason Tatum really broke out, he was considered the Celtics' best player. And he is still a really good player in the NBA. And, I, I mean, I can't necessarily say eight is too low because there are a lot of other really good players in Boston. And I think if there's anything this list should show you is that despite Mookie Betts leaving, Tom Brady leaving, there's still a lot of really good players in Boston. I think I said that last week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Kemba Walker at eight, I'm not necessarily going to have a huge problem with. I think maybe I'd have him one or two spots higher. And maybe if he can maintain this level of play for a few more years and he who knows, wins a championship or something like that. He will find himself a few spots higher, but for now, eight, it, I don't have a huge problem with. Number seven, Julian Edelman. I think this is a little high for Edelman. Now, I love Julian Edelman. I'm even writing an article evaluating his Hall of Fame candidacy uh, and how legitimate that is uh, and kind of running through that. Edelman's tough because he's never been recognized by the NFL as one of the best receivers in the league. I think some fans consider him that, 
But the NFL's never named him to a Pro Bowl, never named him to an All-Pro team. I think he should have made the Pro Bowl last year, something I'm going to talk about in the article coming out. But uh, at the end of the day, like when you when you look at these other guys you're comparing him to who were behind him, J.D., who was an All-Star, Devers, who definitely should have been an All-Star, Jalen Brown, you know, maybe was on the fringe there too, and, and Kemba Walker made the All-Star team, Rass is going to win the Vezna, J.D. made the All-Star team. So, so when, you put, when you stack him up against those guys and what they've done individually and what they've accomplished individually – I think he's more on par with Jalen Brown and Raphael Devers, and he's kind of behind J.D., Rask, and Walker. I mean, that's the way I'd look at it. If you're looking at what what they've racked up individually in recent years, I would take those guys who have actually accomplished something over Edelman, who was just on the fringes. And like I said, he probably should have made it. But you could say the same thing about Jalen Brown. You could say the same thing about Raphael Devers. So I'd put him more on par with those guys than the guys who did make it and were like surefire to make it. But fans love Edelman. The Patriots are obviously the most popular team still in New England. We'll see how much that changes with Tom Brady gone. I don't know that it'll change a whole lot. And seven, I will say seven is significantly higher than I would have had him. But I don't think it's a totally unreasonable spot to have him. It's not like he's top six. So I, I think seven's about the, my peak of where I would go without really saying this is absurd, this list doesn't make any sense, seven's a fine spot. Six, Xander Bogarts. Xander Bogarts, again, this is a little low. I mean, he's the best player on the Red Sox right now. I think this is another example of the Red Sox being disrespected on this list. I mean, you look at what he accomplished last year, had an all-star appearance, Silver Slugger Award, uh, you know, pretty good defensively. You know, he, I just think there's an element here to fans being disappointed with the Red Sox and being angry at the Red Sox for trading Mookie Betts. And, and they're mad at ownership and the executives, and they're taking it out on the players on this list for some reason. I do think there's an element to that because pretty much every Red Sox is lower than I think they should be. Um, so, and I don't think I'm overrating these guys. I think they've proven that they're this good. So Xander Bogards at six, I, I kind of disagree with. It's only two spots lower. Like I said, none of these guys can really be more than three or four spots lower than I would have had them just because of the way the polls had to work. But Bogards at the end of the day, that that's a, that's a little low for me. Five is Brad Marchand, four is Patrice Bergeron, and three is David Pasternak. And I wanted to group all those guys together just to talk about the fact that three of the top five players are Bruins. And I don't necessarily think there's a huge problem with that. The Bruins right now, you would probably say are the best team in Boston sports. They're the best team in hockey. They're one of the favorites to win the cup. They made the cup last year. They got to game seven. So I think unquestionably this team is the best team in Boston sports right now, especially with how the Patriots have trended over the last year. And Marshawn and Bergeron have both been staples of this team for a long time, each kind of 30-goal scorers. I know Marshawn's a little short of that this year, but he would have gotten there if the season wasn't suspended. And David Pasternak is a Hart Trophy candidate. Now, I don't know if he's going to win it. He's plus 550 right now. The favorite is Drysdale. He's, you know, the odds-on favorite to win it. So it's going to be an uphill battle. I don't know that Pasternak's really going to beat him out. But he's in the conversation. And I know a lot of people had a problem with Bergeron and Pasternak, because that, that was the 3-4 spot. A lot of people still feel Bergeron is the leader of this team and should be higher than him. Bergeron got a lot of lot of support for how long he's been in Boston. Like I said, it's a popularity contest. You could argue where Bergeron is now. I mean, he hasn't necessarily f- dropped off in play that much. He's had a great season this year, and he's it's consistent with the seasons he's had in the past. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think that the fact that he's been in Boston for so long and probably the longest tenured player even on this list to begin with helps him get a little extra juice and gets a, get a little, few spots higher than maybe he otherwise would be. But, uh, you know, David Pasternak being at three ahead of all those guys is absolutely fair. I think a lot of people were maybe even upset, some Bruins fans upset, that this guy might win the Hart Trophy 
and he wasn't higher than three. And that's fair, but I, like I said, the decisions get so tough here at the top with the great players that it's it's hard to pick between them. Three, though, is a great spot for David Pasternak. I think if you told anybody David Pasternak would be the third best player in Boston sports this season, I think a lot of people would take that. And I don't think that's necessarily a, a, a huge problem. I, th- I think for me personally, I couldn't put David Pasternak higher than two. I would not put him at one, but two or three is, is a good spot for him. Number two on the list was Stefan Gilmore. And number one was Jason Tatum. We'll just talk about both of those guys right now. I had that flipped in my rankings. I had Jason Tatum two, Stephon Gilmore one. Gilmore won the Defensive Player of the Year, and this was a big argument a lot of people were making. He was considered the best defensive player in football last year. Okay, so I mean that that is a huge praise. Best cornerback, best defensive player. Obviously, has won a Super Bowl with this team and has been really the star of that defense for a few years now. And it's really hard to look at Jason Tatum and say he surpassed that I think a lot of people love Jason Tatum and you know obviously he has huge support in Boston and he could not one day be number one on this list in my opinion but right now he's not I think we're anointing him as the the, the king a little too early and we're overlooking the fact that Stefan Gilmore has accomplished much more to this point and much more in the past year even I mean Jason Tatum has maybe you know this last month or month and a half has been uh, really risen to star status in the NBA, but it's kind of a, a Johnny-come-lately kind of thing where people are putting him one uh, just for the last two months when you have to look at what Gilmore did more you know, recently himself. And even with what Jason Tatum, even if you just look at the last month and a half and say, this is what Jason Tatum is and this is why I'm putting him number one, Stefan Gilmore still was better. I mean, Jason Tatum isn't winning Defensive Player of the Year or MVP or anything like that, and, and Stefan Gilmore was named the best player on defense and in football. So I think that fans are a little too quick to anoint Jason Tatum number one. And a lot of people pointed that out. A lot of people on Twitter were upset that uh, Tatum was getting favored over Gilmore. It was a close poll. I think it ended up being about 57% to 43% or something like that. And Tatum started to pull away. It was much closer in the early stages of it. And then uh, it ends up getting, uh, you know, Tatum ends up winning it uh, pretty, you know, sizably, I guess. But, you know, it was still right around 50 to 40. Uh, it was 59% to 41%. So it, it ended up being somewhat close, I guess. But uh, at the end of the day, Tatum has that level of popularity on Twitter. And that's one of the problems in letting fans vote for these lists because there's a level of popularity that plays into it. There's a level of sentimentality that gets played into it. And that's something that doesn't help in making these lists. Uh, So if you guys want to check out the full voting results and everything like that, you can go over to Boston Sports Polls on Twitter and see everything like that, how that turned out. And Boston Sports Polls, uh, as some of you may know, I'm running that Twitter account. That's going to continue to put out polls. So, you know, this, this tournament was a fun thing to do with it. But if you do want to go ahead and follow that, there's still going to be polls coming out about other Boston sports uh, topics that you can vote on. So uh, that's still a cool thing that I'm, I'm running and hopefully is going to grow a little bit more. So be sure to check that out. Even if you just want to see the result of all of these polls, uh, you can go ahead and do that. And that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast, guys. Thank you for listening. Next month, we're going to have a lot of NFL draft-focused podcasts, going to have some draft experts from the site come on and talk about different things patriots related lee related all that kind of stuff so be sure to stay tuned for that you can follow me on twitter at kglgbs follow the pod on twitter at smart pod check out everything over at guy boston sports thanks for listening guys and we'll see you next week